We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on that's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? It's the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Uh, just after Thanksgiving, Scott, how was your Thanksgiving? I had a great Thanksgiving. We went to my brother-in-law's house and had my in-laws and a lot of their family and just extended family there. So I think there were like 13 or 14 of us. Had a great Thanksgiving, though. Ate a lot of food. We uh, watched a little bit of football, even though I wasn't really into it, into those games as much. Um, and then we just started doing some karaoke. Karaoke got broken out at the end of the night. What? And it got and it got ugly. Really, it got real, real ugly. Actually, yeah, yeah. Sloppy, yep. sloppy family gathering. It was just, it was just, uh, it was just ugly singing. It was some pretty terrible singing. What's your go-to karaoke song? Well, I, I usually go to Springsteen somewhere. But so the way that this happened was, my mother-in-law has this like microphone. I don't even know why she had this microphone. It's like we, my brother-in-law, usually has a karaoke thing at his house, and for whatever reason, it wasn't working or it wasn't there. And we're like, oh, we can't do karaoke. And then my wife's mother's like, oh, I have this, I have the microphone in the car. I'm like, what? 
shit apparently travels with a karaoke microphone <laughs> and it plugs into the back wait, of the phone uh, wait, into wait, the television wait. hold on <laughs> it was in she the trunk of travels her car. with a karaoke microphone i have no idea why i was in the trunk of her car but it was in the trunk of her car does she have like really nice pipes where she can just like belt out some some uh whatever you know i'm gonna be i'm gonna be nice here my mother-in-law really gives it a great effort she, she's, for effort. she's awesome yeah yeah she's really really good i don't think any of us there collectively had no, there's not one good one person has a really good voice so. i could see if she's, we all try hard if she's got like the ace in her pocket where it's like oh she can hit the whitney houston notes and that's why she has a karaoke micro uh mic with her where she just that's like her party trick you know what i mean but it doesn't yeah, but sound like that's what this is. I'm with this. This okay, so the the real issue with this microphone one is that it, it gives you a really weird like reverb sound. So it, it kind of sucks, and it's old. And the book. So this is why I couldn't do a lot of the songs that I usually would do. Um, it, it the book is listed by song name, and usually it's by artist, right? So they're like, oh. I'm looking for this song, but they don't have it, but I'm going to the artist, and then I'm like, oh, I forgot about this one. I forgot about this one. I can I can hit this one, you know? But now you, you got to remember the name of the song, like off the top of your head. Yeah. And that's not easy to do when you're, you know, beers deep, and you're trying to find a song that's like in your in your zone, in your wheelhouse. And yeah, I didn't find very many of them. I think the best, I think I started singing Nirvana at some point, just because he's really not to try. <laughs> damn, Nirvana is not good karaoke music. No, it wasn't. That was towards the end. My my sister in law or we started we started doing so, uh, all apologies. <laughs> the last so we time, started going we started going grunge. Last time I did karaoke, it was at a place in a town um, that a lot of college kids go out in. So this was a few years ago, and it's a place called Do Re Mi Karaoke. It's clearly a, a front for some sort of drug operation because there was nobody in there. The thing has not been renovated since the nineteen seventies. Doesn't sell alcohol, so it's sober karaoke. Obviously, you can you can get loaded before you go, but it's pretty rough. And uh, I don't think there was any coincidence that two days after I went there, I got the flu, and I've never been back. I've never heard of sober karaoke. I don't even I didn't even know that existed. I wasn't necessarily sober, but you can't <laughs> you can't buy drinks from the place, which yeah. to me is totally defeating the purpose of karaoke. Well, usually you have to you know. Have- have quite a few drinks in order to just to get up and sing a song in yeah. front of a, a bunch of people. You don't agree to karaoke unless you're at least six deep. Right. Oh yeah, no doubt. So yeah, so it was a fun night. We had uh, we had an eventful. Everybody was. We had some good laughs. So yeah, it, was, it sounds it was like good, good wholesome fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. Yeah, you mentioned you weren't really too into those football games. I, I think that we should, as a fan group of the NFL, petition to get the Lions off of Thursday football, uh, Thanksgiving football. Yeah, but that was actually one of the better games. The Lions game, though, wasn't they? They, they that game was like a the they got. They I, I just crushed, think it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch Matt Stafford and and uh, Calvin Johnson hook up three times and beat the living crap out of the Eagles. That was actually entertaining for me. I just I understand why the Cowboys are on. Cowboys are you know America's team and all that stuff. But I don't know. I'm just so sick of watching the Lions. I don't. I can't remember the last good Lions Thanksgiving game. But why do you get? Why well, I don't understand why you why you're going and and letting them letting them still have this America's team label like that that shouldn't be a reason why they're why they're on the, uh, Thanksgiving anymore because you know with football the way it is and with media there is no America's team anymore everybody watches everything it's just it's old that, that is an old phrase that needs to go away whether the Cowboys you, are no longer America's team they have you, Greg Hardy on their team for God's sake I mean that's 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 a whole other issue but whether you agree with it or not. 
like, there's some extra sort of juice with the Cowboys. I guess. I know a lot of people in the Tri-State like rooting against the Cowboys. So Yeah, it's like thing. I just feel like the Cowboys are on TV more often than not. I'm usually watching Tony Romo throw a pick six in a key moment, which he did again on Thanksgiving. And I feel bad talking crap about the guy considering he broke his collarbone for the second time this year. Um, but I, but yeah, I mean the best game was the night game, but by that point I'm three turkey dinners and 12 beers deep. There's no way I'm staying up for that thing. Yeah. No, that was, uh, what channel was it on too? Was it on, uh, NFL network? I don't even remember. No, I think it was, I think it was NBC cause it was, um, Al Michaels doing the broadcast. Okay. I don't remember either way. It was, um, so yeah, the football kind of took. Go back. See, we started a little later than than normal too. We started at at, at three thirty. So yeah, um, I feel like that's normal time. I, th- I think like we eat around three or four o'clock usually. Yeah, but we all had to go to this house, so we didn't get there until like three three thirty. You know what I mean? So usually on Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm like camped out at eleven o'clock, ready to go, and I'm I'm ready to watch football because what was the first game? It was at twelve thirty, wasn't it? Yeah. So we were already missed one game basically, and then you know you get into the the, the rest of it, and by that time all the the kids because there were a bunch of kids over there too, my nieces and nephews, and they wanted to do the karaoke. They had zero interest in the football. So, um, but it was on in the, the house. Now the, the the biggest question is: Have you talked to your buddy, and did he th- put football on in the house? <laughs> I have not talked to him yet. Okay, but well, that, we I will. A, I will get an answer. I will get answers. <laughs> I, you know what? I actually th- you should have him call into the voicemail so we can get get it from the. Whole- Horse's mouth. But you know what? He wasn't missing anything good. I know it's still nice to have on because what else are you going to do? It's still the point. There's there's a principle yeah. here. That's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, Thanksgiving was overall good. I actually had a first this year for Thanksgiving. So you know how the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is considered like the biggest party night of the year? Okay. Usually like high school comes back. Yeah, like it's, like, like it's, high school, it's essentially a high school reunion because yeah. when you go, go away to college, it's usually like the first big time everyone's home. And then it's also you, you're usually going back to your hometown um, to see your family. So everyone's sort of back in one place. This right. is the first year since I've been legally – since I've been legally allowed to drink that I have not gone out the night before Thanksgiving. And why didn't you go out this time? You know, because I think the – I'm now at the age where it's younger people going out and it's, it's kind so of now like, you feel old and dirty. I feel, when you I go feel to the like bar? the old guy at the bar because yeah. my sister, who's 22, 21, 22, mm-hmm. invited me out with her and her friends. And I'm like, I just can't do that. It's, it's yeah, a little yeah. bit too young for me. So, but do the rest of the people from like your class go out? I mean, do you guys, the, I don't know, um, do you still keep in touch with a lot of people, people from high school? I keep in touch with were not in town. Okay. So I kind of felt like, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to waste my time going to a bar, uh waiting in line to some crappy bar in my hometown to uh see people from high school I haven't talked to in 8 years. Right. I think that becomes the, you know, late 20s, it becomes that's that's like the norm now, you know, and it just gets worse. It is not worse, but there's just becomes a, a bigger a distance just starts growing and growing and growing and then you forget. It was really don't... enjoyable though the last few years seeing who got fat. <laughs> yeah, that is always one of the one of the things you have to look for. So that's because cool. I went the opposite way. I was fat, you know. I was chug, chunky in uh, in high school, and I sort of gradually lost weight over the last eight years. But everyone else just seems like they ate half, they ate and then ate themselves again. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely. I, I actually have not been to a reunion. I just uh, I haven't really kept in touch with many people from high school. There's a, a good buddy of mine who grew up around the corner from me uh, that we talk all the time. But the, uh, the 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 rest of the people that I went to high school with, I really don't don't keep in touch with. And just for the reason that you know, I I moved further away, and we just you know lost touch. It was for no other reason. But uh, yeah, you know, I never I never really just had an interest to go back. It's well, like you're you got to be coming up on what like. 15 God. years 15 years i'm 35 years old so i'm uh, 20 oh is next God. i think oh my 20 God. 20 next. years yeah yeah that's scary you should go back maybe we'll see i feel like 20 is you know a lot has changed in 20 years i know but am i gonna care 20 years than when i didn't care at 15 years or 10 years i feel like yeah years? i don't even know if they do a 15 year do they do 20? Does anybody even want to go back anymore? I think 20 is like a probably a big one. I would assume 20 is might be the biggest. Do they just go from 10 to 50? So my my school didn't do a 5, and I know some schools do a 5, but it's kind of to me a 5 is pointless. You're still you just graduated college or you're still in college and nothing has changed in life. The next one will be 10, which is coming up for me in a year, I think actually. Yeah, 2016. I graduated in 06. So I, I got my 10-year reunion. I haven't gotten an invite yet, though, so I don't know if I'm invited. Doesn't sound like it. Sounds like you're not going to be invited, so maybe they don't want you there. Maybe. Maybe. Stop beating kids up. Well, uh, There's any- somebody right now, whoever's, whoever's playing this, is crossing your name off, off a list with lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What's that from again? Billy Madison. Yeah, Billy Madison. All right, so football. You watch any football this weekend? Yeah, my Jets won. <laughs> Oh, did and, I, don't know. I didn't even. Yeah, your Jets won, and, or my Jets won, and your Patriots finally lost. Thank God. Yeah, thank that you. game. It's that game. Thank you, Brock Osweiler. <sighs> Come on, you mean thank I you, left. refs? No, th- oh, I'm a typical Patriots fan. <laughs> You're gonna cry like Brady did. <laughs> did you watch? Did there's, you, okay, there's before we get right. into this, did you watch the game? Yes, I did. Okay, so you thought that the refs were fine in the fourth quarter. I mean, I think they're bad everywhere, so I don't think they were completely That's, terrible. There was totally one ball that probably that. shouldn't have been called. The, the, was, I mean, of course you don't agree with it. There were four calls in the fourth quarter. The Gronkowski push-off was absolutely what he did, and he does every single time. So this guy could have been called that every, probably every, 65 more times during the season. Well, he's just, the most penalized on, on push-offs in the league. Well, he, he should has, be. Because uh, he pushes off all the time. But I, I, think, I don't think it's just him. I think receivers do that all the time. And that one, right. I've seen him it do also. it. I've seen him do it way worse than that one. But, but you, you can't say one's worse than the other. It's either a foul yes, or it isn't. Yes, you there's, can. There's because that one, the I think you can argue that that one was just sort of contact. And as he was making his cut, it looked like he was. I, I just did not think that was like egregious pushing off. Regardless. He changed the course of the defender. That's what happened. He but, changed but the course he, of the defender with the arm. The arm extended in real time. That's a penalty. The the the, uh, the pass interference call in the end zone against the Patriots was phantom. I don't remember that one. It was yeah. It was uh, when the eventually the Broncos got their touchdown at the end of the game. Um, but it, but it's just a number of calls that um, didn't go the Patriots' way, and it's I mean that's going to happen. So but okay. but really I mean you really no, I, I don't, I'm sick of hearing Patriots complaining about penalties after the Tuck rule honestly. I mean, that's what fifteen years ago. It's still the 
Patriots. You guys have no room to cry. Brady was he just he looks like Philip Rivers out there. I think he's like no. He and Philip Rivers are the top the top two whiners in the NFL. Philip Rivers has the biggest douche face on the face of the earth. I've never seen that guy not screaming at an official. Yeah, next to Tom Brady. Tom Brady does the exact same thing. You just are too close to see it. I, I hate to break it, does, but if you were not whine. a Patriots fan, you would be saying Tom Brady does the exact same thing. He, he whines. Does. He whines. I don't he, think he, he cries and whines and moans like a little woman. Oh, that's terrible. I shouldn't say that. But he cries on the field all the time. Well, what I'm more worried about right now is the fact that it looks like Gronkowski's out for a few weeks. Basically, the entire offensive um, artillery for the Patriots is sidelined. It's crazy. Deion I just Lewis. heard today that he's not even going to miss any time. No, it's Schefter, it's Schefter tweeted like an hour ago he's going to miss a few weeks minimum. Okay. Well, I mean, he doesn't, they don't really – at this point, they're just kind of setting themselves up for the playoffs. So they want to get him healthy anyway. Uh, yeah, but it's not – I mean, he's probably not going to be 100% when he comes back. It's just one of those things. It's like you lose – okay, you lose Deion Lewis. That, that's a, a hit. Then you lose Edelman. That's a hit. You lose Amendola. That's a hit. And now Gronkowski. I mean, they legitimately have – no more pass catchers. Yeah. Thank God. I'm so happy about it too. I'm ecstatic. I love watching them drop, honestly. So so you're I fine think. with you're fine with like rooting against teams so much that you don't care if they get injured. Yeah, as long as it's not like life threatening or career threatening. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You're better. I'm person. not rooting for the injury, but I'm not gonna cry about it. Because injuries happen. And if it's gonna happen and it happens to the Patriots, eh. So yeah. we saw it was uh, Brady versus Brock round one. Probably never going to see Brady versus Peyton again. Yeah, probably not. I mean, I, I still think that when he gets healthy, I was listening to a couple of shows today and how things just talk radio and how things are going to go down. And I, I see a scenario. I think it was Steve Young who was saying this or someone who was talking to Steve Young. It might have been Michael Kay, actually. But they were talking about how, you know, if Osweiler does well and does well and does well, there's going to be a moment at some point, whether it's in the playoffs, uh, whether it's, you know, just getting to the playoffs when if Peyton's healthy, this is all contingent on if he gets healthy, that he's going to struggle a little bit. Something's going to happen or he's going to get knocked around because he does hold the ball a ridiculous amount. of. He he holds it a very long time. He's going to get hurt at some point. He got Um, lit up twice last night. He did. And one of them, man, he's he's. He stayed in there and made a throw that was dropped, but it was a great throw. And to his credit, he got he got whooped, like as he was throwing it. Um, but yeah, you just you can't stay healthy doing that. And their line just—I mean, that's why Peyton's gotten beat up so much because their offensive line is just terrible. So I, I, I see at some point Peyton will come back, and I don't know if it'll just be because um, you know if Osweiler were to get hurt or if if he were to struggle. But I see at some point him coming back. Yeah, I'm, I'm torn at this point. Maybe in the playoffs for for a uh, for a, a Patriots Broncos rematch, but who knows? If it, but it's not like Peyton was playing well when he was in there, right? But I don't think he was healthy either. I mean, once you get once his lower half goes, yeah. at this age, I mean, he's done. I don't he, see he him getting healthy though. I, yeah. I mean, at this point, his I don't body either. is so deteriorated to I the point where you. it's going to take more than a few months, a few weeks to a month to heal him. I mean, he's 40 years old. That you don't rebound that quickly anymore yeah so we'll see we'll see what happens but yeah you could be right it could be the last one or not even or it could be the last one we ever see but uh osweiler played pretty well i think the kid he made some big throws at the end of the game he's got an arm oh no doubt and he's six eight it's, it's if you see the trajectory coming from his arm uh from the the arm angle and where the ball comes to the receiver it's pretty cool watching it go completely down you don't see that very often yeah i can't remember a six eight quarterback I mean, 
that Peyton and Brady are considered tall. They're like six five. Yeah, Scott Mitchell. That I remember Scott Mitchell played for the Detroit Lions. Was a, a big dude. Uh, Testa Verde was six five, six six. So there there have been a, a few, but not he's he's tall and lanky as well. Uh, Mitchell was a bigger dude. Testa Verde, I think, was a bigger dude. So, well, you yeah, mentioned he's a big boy. You mentioned your Jets won. Congratulations, they're still in the playoff hunt. Um, another team battling for the playoffs was the Giants. I I watched pretty much this whole game because. It was a it was a one o'clock game. There was really nothing else on. I was flipping between you know red zone and that. Uh, God, it must be so frustrating to be a Giants fan. I I don't understand how this team could play the Patriots like they did down to the wire. It looks like they're the second best team in the NFL with the way they played them against the Patriots, and they lay an absolute egg against the Redskins. It's just it baffles me. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how they're like they're just hot and cold. I mean, there's no lukewarm. Kind of like kind of like what we were talking about with the Yankees all season, right? I mean, it looks they'll put up true. they'll put up yeah, ninety runs, of, ninety runs streaks. in seven games, and then they'll yeah. they'll score two runs over a week. Yeah, no, that's 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 pretty fair, pretty fair comparison. The and and just watching Eli, like this guy must drive Giants fans insane. He drives me crazy just watching him because. You see the talent there. Then all of a sudden, he just makes bonehead plays, and he the the body language and the faces he makes. I just, I can't live with that. That was like the the Jets when I when we, when we had Mark Sanchez. Like man, I can't handle the faces that the dude makes. You know, I can't handle the. I think body language and and like the way that you conduct yourself is a big deal on how the fans react to you and how your teammates react to you when things are going wrong, and when you're just like giving a confused look, like Eli always. He just looks confused. There's always a confusion set on him. So, yeah, that's, that's a it's a frustrating thing for Giants fans. I can only imagine. The the other thing is the Redskins are like are pretty much the same deal. The whole I guess the whole NFC East is the same deal. Well, the Redskins are, terrible... are winning it and they have a below 500 record. I know, but they're they you know they've gotten their butts kicked a, a few times. They look terrible, and then when they're at home, they're a completely different team. Uh, Kirk Cousins is a, a different quarterback at home. He has I don't even think he's throwing an interception at home. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see how they play. And to to say that the Redskins are, are in first place in the NFC East is just atrocious. It's ridiculous. It's just crazy because, I mean, first of all, the Eagles didn't win in November, and they could still win the division. Nobody wants to win this division. That's It's very apparent. It reminds Everybody's me of just... the NFC West when the, yeah. um, Seahawks. the Seahawks won it with seven wins. Right, that was with Sean Alexander was their running back at that. I mean, that no, was no, it was that was Lynch at. Was that, that recent? They did it with Sean Alexander too. They've done it a couple times. Yeah, but yeah, they went that, to the Super you're Bowl. Right, that I think, was with recent. Sean Alexander. I think they did. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, it's I mean, if I was a, I'm not a Giants fan, but I, but at the same time, I don't hate the Giants, um, which is weird coming from a Patriots I don't, fan. Yeah, why don't you should hate I, the Giants? I don't should, know. I mean, you it's absolutely hate the Giants. I loathe the Jets. I loathe the Bills. I mean, I, I hate Indy. I I don't know. I just don't hate the the Giants for whatever reason. It's kind of like a begrudging respect. Okay. Um, I I mean, I think Coughlin's a good coach at times. Uh, people listening to this who are Giants fans are probably calling me an idiot at this point. Every time he coaches against the Patriots, he coaches the game of his life. So I don't I don't know. I just I can't figure out how they can lay an egg like that with the division on the line. Makes well, no sense. Big big game coming up in Jersey next week. Jets Giants. Oh, it, oh, this week? 
this coming week. That's why I know we're having Rich Kaufman on next week, so I'll be able to uh, hopefully, Ooh. hopefully, I'll be able to to have some good news and be able to talk a little smack to him. Nice. Uh, but I get you, to facilitate yeah. that argument. Yeah, that'll be a. It's a big game. It's actually a big. It's actually a very big game for both teams too. Is that going to be so, a prime time game? I I don't remember when it was. I have to look to see what time it is. I would assume it would be, but I'm not sure. The uh, it's a big game for both teams though, for sure, because they're. I mean, the Giants have to just. They have to keep winning because nobody's winning this in NFC East right now. I mean, nobody knows how this is going to play out, so we'll see. Yeah, and the Jets, I see. The Jets put a really good game together, probably one of their better games that they've, they've played all year. They played uh, they played a complete football game last uh, on, on Sunday. What, they, they're at five wins or six wins now? Uh, they're six and five. All right, so what do you figure they need to get to to make the playoffs? Nine? Minimum Nine? Yeah, but it it really there's so many things that depend because they're not they're not winning a lot of the uh, a lot of the tiebreakers. So I think ten wins definitely gets them in the playoffs. So does that uh, mean nine they need to wins? Win out? Maybe. Do they need to win if out? they win out? If they win out, they're in. They do control if if they win, but they'd have to win out. Um, I, I think they can afford one loss. Man, and they really screwed because, themselves because there are a lot of teams Oakland. playing each other. They really screwed themselves in Oakland. Screwed themselves in no Oakland. We got our butts kicked. We screwed ourselves in Buffalo, or when we played Buffalo, that was when we screwed ourselves. We should have won that game, hundred percent, and we completely let them off the hook. We let them off the hook, and we screwed ourselves. But uh, Oakland, Rex, right? Oakland yeah. kicked our ass. That, yeah, that was but I mean, the, it's like you go out there and they they absolutely stunk against Oakland, and I feel like they, you know, I guess at the time Oakland wasn't thought to be in the playoff picture, but I don't know. That seems like a game that the the Jets should have won easily. Going, it's never it's never easy going to the West Coast, and yeah. the Jets have a history in Oakland of of not doing well. So it seems like we're always playing in Oakland too. It it never seems like Oakland is coming to New York or New Jersey. But um, yeah, that it was a big game. There there were a lot of big games, and every every game forward because the AFC playoff picture, the wild card picture, is so. Is so compact. There's it's so many. So teams funny. In it. They were showing that graphic last night. Both for both conferences, it's like in the hunt. It's every team. It, it, every team except maybe three or four is in the hunt for the playoffs. Yeah, it's the two teams that are playing tonight. <laughs> oh Monday my god! Football. Talk about it's the it. worst game ever. Is this honestly? I know we sometimes are, uh, you know, say hyperbole, but is this the worst Monday night football game of all time? It's possible because they're both playing with backup quarterbacks. They're, I mean, the the Ravens have their. They're starting quarterback and starting running back out. And receiver out. And receiver. Steve, Steve Smith's out. Smith, that's right. They're they're both atrocious. They're so yeah, there's nothing really to look forward to. The only reason I'm gonna keep an eye on the game is because and it's and it's such a long shot, but I, it's a fantasy football it's a fantasy football deal where I need uh the Buck Allen kid to go for just go go off. It's not good so, if you're relying on this game to win you fantasy. No, it's true. No, I, I probably have no shot. I mean he's gotta go for like thirty points. Poor management on you. Yeah, poor performance on my players is what I like to say. <laughs> Sons of bitches didn't show up yesterday. But it is what it is. And so yeah, I'm not gonna watch the game, but I will keep an eye on Stat Tracker. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm not gonna even touch that game. Um yeah. Just Probably the worst Monday Night Football game I can remember in, in recent memory. There's been some stinkers on Thursday night because you get those really crappy division games like between the Jaguars and Titans. But I feel like even that game had more luster than this game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <clears throat> um, 
All right, some more big news over the weekend, not baseball-related, but um, we never really talk about hoops, but Kobe is announced his retirement with a poem on the Players' Tribune and broke the Players' Tribune. Mad. It did go down, and, you know, so this is, this is a very different thing than what Jeter did, right? Jeter, knowing that he was going to probably not be, you know, up to, up to par uh, from what he normally is, he, I feel like he knew that that was coming, so he announced it ahead of time. Whereas Kobe thought he could keep going and then realized, can't do it anymore. He's shooting, like, what, 35% from the field, something crazy. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, just did it in the middle of the season. It was kind of a, you know, middle, hey, I'm not, this is it. I'm not, I'm not I can't go on any further because basketball is getting away from me. So <clears throat> let's let's just call this my, uh, my farewell tour. Yeah, people criticized Jeter for his performance in his last season. And it wasn't great. And especially in the field. I mean, he was, it was like him, he was running in quicksand. But he's 10 times better than Kobe is at this point. Yeah, I mean, Kobe, Kobe just looks really old um and and he just he just doesn't have the, the same game he can't be the same player with his body like like he is but you know what he's been playing for a very long time because he came in the league when he was what 18, 17 18? 18 yeah and, and he was one of the you know one of the first guys to have success coming directly from high school and he's been playing in this league for a very long time so you know his knees have been has been shot for a few years now. I mean, he's gone over to Germany and done that that plasma spinning thing uh, that we've seen a couple of guys in the in the Major League Baseball do, and he's just not responding. Like I think last time I heard, he had zero cartilage left in his knees. Um, the dude just just isn't healthy. So you know what? It's time to go, and um, he recognizes it. So good for him. Did you read his poem? I read some of it. Not one mention of the Lakers or teammates or anything. Okay, well, I mean that's pretty. Kobe was always Kobe. Me first. It was Kobe, Kobe, and Kobe. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a me first, guys. So I yeah, it's just one of those things. Just... I mean, it's like I mean, <laughs> he, it, I mean, he, he wouldn't have won at least the first few championships without Shaq and the team they put around him. He's not going to mention Shaq. But okay, you don't have to mention Shaq by name, but at least you know, thanks to all my teammates for the last twenty years or whatever it's been. It's just that it's glaring the differences between a guy like Kobe and a guy like Jeter is all. Yeah, they're not in the same sentence. I mean, they're they're different dudes. But I mean, but it's like in Kobe, as far as in his in the history of basketball, is considered a better player than Jeter is in the history of baseball. But when, but I mean, just like everything else, when it comes down to it, I don't know. Give me, give me a guy like Jeter all day long. Um, are you a basketball fan? I used to be a big NBA fan. I used to follow the Nets religiously, and you know when they moved to Brooklyn, even really honestly, a couple years before that, I, I kind of I kind of fell off. But I used to be a bit really big Nets fan, and I used to go to games all the time. Actually, oh, so, in the so old Brendan, you, in the old Brendan Byrne. If you had to pick a team, it would would be the Nets. Oh no doubt. I mean, I would never be able to root so for. You're them not on the Porzingis the train. I, no, I used to, I hated the Knicks. I despised the Knicks growing up, like with a passion. I hated the Knicks. I hated the Knicks and the Rangers with a passion. I was a Devils and Nets fan. Okay, so New yeah, Jersey, so. New Jersey, and then the Yankees. Yeah, there was no baseball team in New Jersey. So no, but I'm <laughs> right. But um, the New it's, Jersey, as far as I'm concerned, they are the Jersey Jets. The yeah, the New Jersey winter teams, and then the Yankees and the Jets. Yeah, it's the it's all the Jersey teams, and then the Yankees. Yeah, that's that's the way I see it. But, but uh, yeah, no, I was uh, – I used to – because I used to go to a lot of games. When I was a kid, I used to go to the Brendan Byrne all the time. Uh, it was like 15 minutes from my house. So 
I used to go to Nets games and watch. I mean, this is back in the day with like Derek Coleman, Kenny Anderson, Drazen Petrovic, these guys. That was that was like one of my, some of my favorite teams. Um, but yeah, so I used to watch them all the time. I, I guess I'm more of a college basketball guy now, and, and I watch college basketball just because I think the pro game. The, although the pro game over the past few years, with more of the outside shooting and more of the guard play, has gotten more exciting. I think. Um, so it, it, it resembles more of the college game, I think. I'm more interested in the NBA storylines. I feel like there's some good storylines. You know, obviously with the whole LeBron thing going on over the last, whatever, seven years it's been. But I find that more fascinating than on-court play. Yeah, there's a lot of drama, that's for sure. TMZ Sports has taken advantage of a lot of that. It really is. The, the seems NBA... like you see them all the time now, be getting followed and just, you know, well, Lamar Odom went on yeah. the Kardashians thing, so... More, more so than any other sport, I feel like the NBA is tied to like so the celebrity life. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, and I think basketball and like the hip hop, the hip hop culture, like you know, they're they've always been kind of intertwined. <clears throat> all right, so um, that's enough of everything. All other meaningless sports. Now let's get to the good stuff in the Yankees and baseball. Um, not as busy of a news you know, surrounding the Yankees this past week as there was the, the previous few weeks. But a couple, couple of things to note. Um, the first being, and I don't really even think this is a surprise, but there's a report that the Yankees are willing to trade Ivan Nova. I think we've talked about this a number of times that he seems like a likely candidate to be traded. Um, but they also said they don't want to sell low on him. So that, to me, seems they're going to, if they do trade him, package him with somebody else because you're going to have to sell low on him if he's the centerpiece. Here's the problem with Nova. And a lot of guys just respond differently and to at different time frames when they come back from a, a Tommy John surgery. And I think the Yankees really do want to see how he comes back when he's completely healthy and when he has a, a full spring training underneath him. Well, I do, th- I do still believe that he is probably one of the trade uh, likely trade guys uh, trade candidates, uh, and, and I agree with you. I don't think he's not going to be a centerpiece in any deal because I don't think they would get any kind of value for him. But I could see him being a complimentary piece. Um, that being said, I I, I, I kind of want to see what he does coming back because, I mean, he's definitely a formidable, you know, a formidable guy that that can that can do well in the back of a rotation. I mean, he he. He's, he's that guy who could – he was our number three for a while. Yeah. You know, number three and I'm for also, a long time. I also don't want to be in the business of trading away arms at this point. You need starting rotate. You need pitching depth more than right. anything. And I, I don't want to just be trading away guys. I mean, unless he gets a pitcher in return, but that just doesn't seem likely. No, I agree with that. And- and and I think that's what would be the the deal that would send him is if he was getting packaged with somebody else to get some type of of pitching prospect or a guy who's ready to go. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I think he he is valuable, especially for the Yankees when they're looking for help in the back of the rotation. And he's a guy who eats innings, and you know has proved that he can pitch in the major leagues and and pitch effectively and pitch well. So Probably. this is a guy that I want to see. I want to see him come back and, and see how he is once he comes back fully from this uh, from the surgery. Yeah, probably has more value to what he can give them on the field than in the trade market. I agree. More, definitely more upside on oh, the field. Yeah, just depending on the t- uh, if there's a package. You know, that that's that's the scenario where I think you can get some value if he's packaged with somebody and they create value for another guy, you know, spinning two or three for one uh, type of deal where, where they could get, you know, a, an effective player at that point. So, uh, but yeah, one for one, not there's you're not going to get any value from him. You're going to lose value. Right. Um, other sort of juicy rumor floating around the internet today was that 
the Yankees are possibly, or I sort of phrase this wrong, a possible landing spot if the Dodgers wanted to trade Yasiel Puig would be the Yankees for a guy like Andrew Miller. Um, Yasiel Puig, huge name, one of the biggest names in baseball, just purely from a a flair standpoint. I mean, he kind of came on from Cuba with... um, you know, made headlines, his story. I don't know if you ever read his, his story. Crazy. I, I have read it. Yes. One insane. of the craziest stories ever. Um, it, it's right there with the El Duque. Yeah. Like, I feel like the it's like, that's a 30 story. for 30 in the making. Um, yeah. The Yasuo Pui story. So just sort of a uh, big personality, bigger personality than on, on field uh, performer, but um, still young, 25 years old, locked up for a few, three more years at less money than Brett Gardner plays a corner outfield position. Um, I, I don't know exactly if that trade were to happen, how I would feel, but um, it, it was certainly interesting. So there's a few things about Yassil, Yassil Puig, and I think he's more of, at this point, he's more of a name than he is a, a productive player. Which is so because crazy because he's 25 and he's only been in the league a few years. I think he's ruffled feathers in, Definitely. in, in Los Angeles, and I think that's why his name is even coming up. Oh, I think he's definitely. ruffled feathers. Others with with uh, with ownership there, and that's that. He just got into an altercation off the field, like literally a few days ago, uh, at a bar that the, the league is looking into. So, I mean, who knows what, what happened with that? Probably someone talking, and he reacted. Usually, how it goes down. But so he he he's he's got a lot of talent. Although you know he had a really good first year, we saw him come come out and and just kind of hit the ground running and did really well. Now. Did pitchers catch up to him? Did the league catch up to him? Maybe. Injuries definitely caught up to him. He was not healthy this year. Uh, for for a, an extended period of time, he was on the DL. When he came back, he was not healthy. He did not produce. He produced very, very average numbers this year. Um, so, you know, his contract pretty much looks like his production at this point. Yeah. I, I think we went, we went over this before the show started, but it was it's like, what, seven years next year, eight years the following, and nine years the year after that. Million, something along yeah. those lines. So, you know, he's a bargain if he can actually live up to, to some of his expectations. He's absolutely a bargain. What is the headache? You know, with the that's headache, the thing. is it really a, worth the money? Is it worth that's the, the thing? No, I don't think so. That's the thing. I mean, the numbers, if you look at the numbers that he put up last year, granted he was hurt, but even the year before, like his power numbers, you think of him and you think of a power guy. He's really not a big power guy. Uh, Dodger Stadium a, also plays into that. That's that's probably, a, a pitcher's but, park, but but he, he's probably like a twenty to twenty-five home run guy. He's not like a oh, forty-five max. home run guy. Absolute max. Um, you mentioned that the league caught up to him. Definitely. I mean, the guy has no plate discipline. He swings at everything. Right. Kind of yes. reminds me of Mariano Duncan uh, in that sense, where he you knew he was swinging at first pitch, whether it was going to be at his eyes or in the dirt. Um, I remember a playoff game with Puig, um, where I think he struck out nine straight times or something like that. Just could not even come close to making contact with the ball. Obviously, that's the that's the bad. He is an exciting player. Um, he's got speed. He's got a cannon for an arm. He does have a rifle, man. That thing is um, that thing is ridiculous. But but it, I feel like the Yankees would be getting kind of screwed on that trade if they trade Miller for Yasiel Puig. I would never trade Andrew Miller for Yasiel Puig. I mean, you look at the value that Andrew Miller has for Yasiel Puig. It's not even close. I mean, the Dodgers have one of the more stacked. Which is crazy to say. I can't believe I'm even. I, this is actually the truth. But if you look at Baseball America's top prospects, the the Dodgers are, are one of the top organizations as far as prospects. And I don't it's, know it's amazing how, how they've done because they traded so many guys away in recent years to get players f- to win now. 
you're right, but I guess their scouting has been on on, on fleek, as as uh, Michael <laughs> K would say. But they they've done a, a hell of a job with their minor league system, and they do have a lot of prospects. So that that would be something you know if they were to package them together because the value that's not a one for one. That's not even close to a one for one. Uh, Andrew Miller is far more valuable than than a, a Yasiel Puig uh, at this point for sure. If so, you want to talk about some trading somebody like Ivan Nova, who would be the centerpiece for a Yasiel Puig, you probably have to package a Nova with another player, but not a big name player. Then you're ta- you're speaking more of my language, where it's sort of like upside for the Yankees, upside for the Dodgers. Sort of take our here, here take my sort of mini problem, and we'll take your problem in a way. Yeah. I mean, I could see something like that, and I'd probably be open to that. Honestly, um, I think I think the Yankees could use a little bit of excitement. Uh, I think that they are trying to get butts in the seats again, and I think that is a you know one way to do it. Um, the other thing is, if you look at his numbers from last year, and and then you look at the guys coming up who are right fielders, uh, specifically talking about a guy named Aaron Judge. You know, everybody that is a Yankees fan wants to see this guy, and to say that he can't put up. Pre- numbers that he did last year is is not far off. I mean, he I, I absolutely think yeah. he could. But the he, thing is, Puig was hurt. I believe it's now on Yasiel Puig to make the adjustments to the major league pitchers and to see if he can actually be a you know a real major league baseball player. Yeah, you wouldn't be trading for Puig for his numbers last year. You'd be trading him for his numbers two years ago, three years ago. You'd be trading for his, just the prospect of what he can be. I think more more than even just the numbers. You're, you're trading for the guy who. Who you think he can be, and if you believe in who he can be, if you believe in the mechanics, and your coaches think that he is, you know, somebody who can produce, then then you know, look into it. I mean, let's see what. what why not ask? Why not see what's going on? Uh, that's what Cashman has said that he's going to do. He's going to talk. He's going to find out what's going on, and if something makes sense, then then you know, maybe he'll pull the trigger. But I mean, yes, he's a headache. Uh, you know, I think he's eccentric. Um, honestly, it'd be kind of fun. <laughs> I, I like I like some of these flare guys. Yeah, number sixty six hasn't been retired on the Yankees yet, so it's open. Open. There you go. Uh, free agency has started to pick up. It's been sort of a slow crawl with free agency. I feel like last year, um, free agents were all signed in the first couple weeks. This year, it's been a little bit slower. Over the weekend, the Tigers signed Jordan Zimmerman, who we've talked about a bunch on the podcast, to five years, one hundred and ten million dollars. Definitely a good contract, you know, hundred ten million dollars yep. is a lot of money. But I was actually surprised it was only five years, considering he is thirty, which is on the lower end of the free agent pitcher age. But you know what that's saying? I think guys are not giving out these long contracts anymore. I think the five it's, years, six years, maybe they're not getting more than that. They're not. They're just not doing it anymore. It's definitely it's, a good sign for teams saying we can get these guys for maybe a year less than we thought we were going to have to do. Yeah. And, you know, to your point of why the people aren't signed yet, and I, I think, one, as far as the pitching uh, free agent market, it's, it's extremely deep this year. So I think a lot of these guys are kind of jockeying to be the first. They didn't want to be, nobody wants to be the first. Um, and now that you see a, a kind of a, a bar being set with, with Zimmerman, who was, who was uh, probably what, the, the tier two, one of the tier two guys, um, you know, below the prices, the Grankies and the Quatos. He was the fourth best pitcher on the market. Right, I, I agree with that. I, I put Price, Granke, and Cueto at, at a different level, though. They're at a number one. And I think even Zimmerman is probably – may even be on a, a kind of on a tier of his own because I think the other guys that are available are, are almost a step under him. But anyway, that being said, I, I think now that there's a bar set, we're going to see guys being uh, signing a lot more 
you know, more frequently now. I think we're going to see some more more shoes being dropped. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, it, it, him getting five years, hundred and ten. We'll I'm I'm very interested to see what Price and Granky get. I still think Price will get seven. Yeah, I mean, I'm, as long as it's not the Yankees, that's fine. <laughs> I don't think the Yankees are going to be in the market for Price, Granky, or Cueto. And what was the Cueto just turned down a contract, didn't he? Six and 120 from the Diamondbacks. I, dude, I do not want to be living in a world where Johnny Cueto is turning down $100 million, $120 million over six years. Right, but is that more to the point that he didn't want to go to Arizona and play on that team or, or that he was turning, he wants more money? It, it could be a very, it could be to the point that he thinks he can get the same contract other places. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's probably a combo of both. And, and it very well could have been that his agent floated that. You know what I mean? Like Arizona's giving us six and one twenty. Now, now there's a bar set for for Cueto as well, uh, but in a more attractive market, or you know maybe for the the Royals to pony up or whoever wants to uh, wants to sign Cueto in a in a better a better place for him. I, I would say Cueto is closer though to Zimmerman than he is to Price and Granky. I don't agree with that. I think Cueto is a has proved himself to be a number one. Throughout the course of of a major league season, I, I think he's I think he's I mean Granky's had a couple of down years himself. Um, Price I think is probably the most consistent of the, of those guys, and he's a lefty. Um, but I think Cueto is is going to get number one money. I, I definitely do. I think Zimmerman is is still I I, I don't see Zimmerman as a number one. Twenty two million a year is number one money. Yeah, but I don't see him. Do you see him as a number one? Do you see, is he is he an anchor of the staff? I, I don't see that. He's like. Uh... He's like a one A. It's kind of funny because it's almost like the Tigers and the Nationals swapped guys. Yeah, with uh, right. with Scherzer going to the Nationals and Zimmerman going to the Tigers. <clears throat> Scherzer got two hundred plus though, didn't he? Well, side note there, yeah. They did they so did they get a bargain? <laughs> For half the money, they're getting more than half the pitcher. Yep, that's right. Um, so. The Blue Jays also signed J J A Happ, who's a lefty. Kind of went under the radar. Uh, the signing as well is that he was a free agent for three years, $36 million. It's It's uh, quite a hefty payday for a guy like J.A. Happ. Honestly, I don't know what his numbers are. I, the, the big reason you think of J.A. Happ at this point it was because he got hit by the ball. Like that, that was – when was that, last year, uh, two years ago? That was the last thing I remember hearing about J.A. Happ was, was him getting, getting hit uh, in the head with a line drive and then making a comeback. Uh, but I don't I – don't, know what his success was afterwards I, I don't remember hearing that he was lighting it up or anything but three so, years 36 million is a nice little contract for him I looked up his numbers and to be honest they were better than I thought they were they were going to be okay he's never had a good win total but again 13 you, and 6 would be like I, I'd see him at for what for a like a, a full season I could see him at like a 13 and 6 like a 4 ERA oh yeah I mean he's never even had that good of a win percentage i mean 12 is his highest win percentage but that was back in 2009 but uh, but last year his totals were 3.61 era over 172 innings so it's a very respectable pitcher and he's a lefty yeah yeah and he's a lefty that's probably why he's getting the that contract as well but yeah you know that's he's he's a uh he's definitely proved it in the past because he was an effective pitcher i just remember when he when he got when he got hit by that line drive it was it was a real shame because he was doing very well um, I felt really bad for the guy, you know, the player himself, because I felt like he was kind of hitting his stride. So um, now I'm happy for the guy that he got a contract. Not happy that he's in our division. Other guys, though, that are similar to him, like Scott Casimir, Wei Yin Chen, Doug Fister, Ian Kennedy, and Mike Leake, I would all clump in a as good, maybe a little better 
than J.A. Happ. So that's the, that's the floor for contracts for those guys. At least we know that now. Yep, exactly. And I think now that we know that, three years is something I can definitely live with. Um, I'm looking at the names that you just told me. I'm looking at Scott Casimir. If, if the Yankees are to, to make a play on any of these guys, uh, I don't see them going after. We've talked about this 100 times, but I don't see them going after any of the main, the big guys. Uh, I think we're, we're living in more of that third tier, and uh, a guy like Scott Casimir, Mike Leak, uh, makes some sense. Casimir, I think, is a little bit more attractive at this point just because really our rotation at this point doesn't have left-handed pitching. I mean, so why don't we, we have no idea what CC Sabathia is going to do. So. <clears throat> so we got a mailbag question asking about the rotation, so why don't we do that now since we're talking about it? Okay. So this one comes from Alex Fulton, and he says, Give me your 2016 pitching rotation, even if it includes trades. Not what you think it will be, but what it would be if you were Brian Cashman. And he says, within realistic boundaries, obviously. So no no trading, um, you know, low-level prospect for Sonny Gray. Right. I, <laughs> got it. So I'll, I'll go. I mean, I think you and I pretty much agreed primarily on this. Uh, the back of our rotation was a little bit different and the fact that you didn't give Nathan Avaldi respect but I, I expected that the um so my my uh my my top my five man rotation in I would say in this order would be Tanaka Severino Avaldi Pineda and then I threw Casimir uh, in there I think Casimir is a guy that that you're getting you know if we're looking at the three-year 36 million dollar contract he, I, I'd see him in a, right around that spot uh he's a left-handed pitcher he's proved that he can Stay healthy later in his career. He's actually done a lot better in that. Early in his career, he had some injuries, but he, he's actually stayed healthy lately, and he's an effective pitcher. Uh, that, and I think he could have some success at Yankee Stadium. It's crazy then, he's only 31 years old, considering he's been in the league forever. He came up when he was 20. True. Yeah, I thought he was older than that. When you and I were talking about this, I was, my guess was 33 years old, because I remember when the Mets made that trade so long ago. Uh, what was it? Victor, Zimb- Victor Zimbrano? Not Victor. Victor Zambrano. Oh, yeah, I think it actually might Victor have been. Victor Zambrano. That's, or, is, or is that the guy from the Cubs? That might be. Whatever. It's, it's like close that. enough. It's, it's a, Victor Zambrano, I don't remember if that's the Cubs pitcher that had the like the the, the crazy attitude that was always like, pissed off at everybody. Anyway, but uh, it, he, it was to Tampa. Uh, he got he got the deal, and that was a— uh, Yeah, I mean, he was Tampa's ace for a while. And that was a long time ago. It's, it feels like a long time ago. So, but he's he's definitely a guy who who I think has has found a, a nice little spot in in uh, the American League later in his career. Um, and at 31, he's got a lot of miles on the arm, but I think he would be a, a nice back of the uh, back of the rotation guy. You're or, correct. It was Victor Zambrano. I just looked it up. Okay, cool. The uh, um, my, you want to hear my alternative? Alternative to signing Casimir? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got a good I got a good little uh, proposition here. Okay. So we have no idea what CC Sabathia is going to be, right? I mean, we don't know if he's when he comes back if he's going to be able to to pitch effectively, or you know, if, if he's going to be able to come back and really keep his mind on baseball. There's just a lot of unknowns yeah, with Sabathia. So many off point. the field issues with him in the last few months. I mean, exactly. I mean, it's hard to count on a guy like that coming back, especially the whole rehab situation coupled with he just wasn't very good last year. Right. I and mean, he, he he turned it on later, and hopefully. He can he can come back to form and be an effective pitcher because that's that's obviously it would help the Yankees and we want CC to, to to do well, um, but you know maybe we pair him up with a guy like Barry Zito maybe bring Barry Zito in and go you know every other every ten days every ten days Sabathia Zito for the fifth spot then we get our lefty in there so, what do you think about that so you just <laughs> you're just rotating Barry Zito and... yeah we're just gonna rotate Zito and Sabathia it's gonna be it's gonna be 1995 in the fifth spot well I'm gonna get. Tickets in the bleachers because I'm going to be catching a lot of home run balls. 
Barry yeah, Zito I'm, does I'm not pitch outside of the Bay Area. That's true. He, he goes he, from he, Oakland. He resigned to... with the Oakland A's again, right? I didn't even realize that was he did his, that. That was his swan song. Him and him and Hudson was actually a pretty cool story. Um, the they, they la- last week together. of the season where um, they pitched against one another, Tim Hudson for the for the Giants, and then Casimir or or not Casimir uh, Zito for the A's. It's kind of cool story. Good for them. They were um, they were one of the Billy Bean early. Uh, Early sacrifices at that point. It conveniently left out of the movie Moneyball. Right. But, no, I'm completely joking. We just don't know what Sabathia is going to be. And so that's why I do not have him in the rotation. Uh, But I do think, you know, we we need to to find some kind of a lefty pitcher uh, that can come in and, and, you know, at least be in the rotation or a guy that can, uh, you know, be a long long, uh, arm from the bullpen, not named Chris Capuano. And and be you know an effective long guy as a lefty. So, I think that's one thing that the Yankees are going to have to be looking for. You're right. The lack of left-handed starting pitching for the next season is definitely an issue. If you're asking me who the five best pitchers on the roster next year will be, is Tanaka, Severino, Pineda, Adam Warren, and Nathan Avaldi. You right. want to move Avaldi up a spot or two? Fine, I don't care. But those are your five best starting pitchers going into next season. Who are currently on the roster, and they've already told Warren to to be ready to be a starting pitcher. I just I don't trust Joe Girardi in the sense of of leaving Warren in the starting rotation. I think he's going to be in the bullpen. Well, I, I just I, I feel like Warren's going to be in the bullpen, and it really depends on what happens in this offseason as far as the you know what we do uh, with with bullpen arms. Brian Cashman is going to need to get some more competent middle relief arms so Warren can stay in the rotation because he was very good in the rotation last year. And they said they moved him out for a combo of they needed to fill a hole in the bullpen as well as his innings limit. Well, he's not going to have an innings limit next year. So assuming he's ready to go as a starting pitcher, he was in the first half of the season probably their second best starting pitcher. So I'm looking for him to be in that rotation. Yeah, I mean, that's good points. I just don't I don't see it happening. I think he may start there and... Uh, Obviously, there's so many things that can happen once the winter meetings go down. What is that? Next week, right? Yeah. Next, next couple weeks. Next yeah, week, it's coming up. But so but they're gonna need. I just don't see it. I, just, I, I feel like he's gonna tinker, and and he knows that Warren can pitch to the bullpen, so it's like in the back of his mind, it's gonna be like burning the back of his brain. Well, he's gonna be like, I know Warren can be back there. I know Warren can be back there. And he's gonna put him in there. The, I mean, they're also gonna have Sabathia and Nova as. Guys, number six and seven, and I don't know, they're going to probably need an eighth starter because the reality is they've got injury-prone guys in the starting rotation. Pineda is injury-prone, Sabathia, Nova, and Tanaka are all injury-prone. So to expect them to make 30-plus starts, all of them, is probably unrealistic. We'll see, man. Time will tell. I think next week's going to be a big week for, for us, or next next two weeks will be a big... Uh, Big couple of weeks to see what's going to go on if Cashman's going to do some shuffling around. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, the winter meetings usually are sort of a point in the off season where stuff starts to go down. So excited! Just before Christmas, nice little Christmas present, early Christmas present. I remember in the '09 season, didn't isn't the winter meetings when they signed Teixeira? I think so. I think so. Um, other uh, news is Chris Young uh, signed with the Red Sox today to a multi-year deal. Um, we don't know how long or for how much, but multi-year. So it's probably a two-year deal, um, I would guess. But uh, we probably we knew Chris Young was probably no longer going to be on the Yankees, but he's he's going over to Boston. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, 
he, he played himself into another contract. He did well against left-handed pitching. That's well known. I think his career was struggling. It was it was it was on life support after the the when he was with the Mets, and he pretty much rejuvenated with the Yankees in a in a platoon role. So I think he did a good job over there. I think he uh, the monster. If they put him in left field at some point, it would help him because he'd be closer to make his throws because his arm is lacking. Noodly. It's a noodly it's arm. It's a noodle arm. It's a noodly. It's yeah. So he um, facility young, but he um, <laughs> he would he would be a good fit over there, and you know, good for him. Got another contract. He's gonna play well in Fenway with that wall offensively, because I remember a lot of warning track fly balls to left field in Yankee Stadium that are now gonna be uh, long singles and doubles at Fenway. Yeah, he's going to be fighting for playing time, though, because it seems like they have – don't they have four outfielders that are good and young and well, fast? they have, they have uh, Mookie Betts. Depending on what they do with Hanley. Yeah, Hanley, they said, is either going to be uh, first baseman or they're going to trade him. Okay. So they have they, – they, their three main outfielders are Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley Jr., and Rosny Castillo. But as a fourth outfielder, we saw Chris Young is decent. So and Yeah, again, he, just can't, he just can't throw. <laughs> Whatever, that's, that's only like one-fifth of the game. That's one of the five tools. Right. And hopefully there's not a play to play. Actually, now we'll just run on him at all times. So we now we have insider information. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> so last week we posed the mailbag question of the week was, if you were Joe Girardi, how would you keep A-Rod and Teixeira healthy next season? Um, we got some responses, so we can go through some of them now. A um, couple Twitter responses, uh, our buddy JJ from Barstool, who uh, was on our podcast a few weeks ago, said a time machine, so I don't really think he has an actual plan in place. Uh, Rick Wiener, BR, said bubble wrap. Why can't they just get in the time machine? What's well, wrong with that? I thought the, that was a perfectly logical The DeLorean answer. is tied up right now. <laughs> um, bubble wrap, lots and lots of bubble wrap was another suggestion, which I think is more plausible than time machine. I think if you wrap yourself in enough bubble wrap, you, it actually becomes a time machine. Did I read somewhere or hear something? You're probably going to have no clue to this, to my question, but they're no longer making bubble wrap that pops. I have no idea. I think I read that somewhere. And I was, I don't, very, be- I don't believe it though. That's like, that's like saying that they're not going to make, um, uh, Twinkies. I was like, that's, this they're is such, this is such a ploy. Yeah, they are. It got, it got wrong back it got bought that's all it was they, they got bought they're gonna be making twinkies again and the other one was the uh, sriracha oh yeah sriracha went out of business they were on like the cover of every newspaper and then magically sriracha was back in business like a month later nice i'm gonna have twinkie with sriracha for dinner tonight yeah it's a it, it, these are these are pr people getting creative in a in a noisy world <laughs> um the bubble wrap people are screwing with your head at Crow Dog two three nine says even stricter gluten free diet and a visit from A Rod's cousin cousin Yuri, he's out of the picture. A Rod's gone clean, man. He is. Uh, I don't know if the gluten free diet and the uh, the cousin Yuri, if they you know, does that work? Maybe you need gluten at that point. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. the gluten, maybe the gluten has a reaction with whatever cousin. Uh, cousin well, Yuri's giving you. Yuri needs to get a gluten-free option on his menu, and then maybe yeah, that's, that's true. Because there's a lot of people going gluten-free these days. 
Yeah, there are. It's the new. Maybe the maybe the maybe the gluten helps hide it. So if you're gluten free, you're kind of screwed. It's all the rage right now in the in the in the in the world of twenty year olds. Everyone's going gluten free, except me. Um, and an actual suggestion from Bob A10 2010 says play Bird three out of every five games while taking turns sitting Arad and Tashera. Um, I mean. That's going to be the thing, right? Is is Greg Bird going to be on the roster? If he's not on the roster, then they're going to play to Sharon Arod almost every day. But I think, still, I think Bird has a place on this team in 2016. He absolutely has a place on this on this team. We've we've beaten this like a dead horse, man. He has a he has a place. I think we've we've ever we've gone over perspective plans. Uh, you know. The, Bob gave a suggestion about playing Bird three out of five games, taking turns to sit Arod and Tex. Fine, something. Just you know, the the point is is that he can help these guys, uh, you know, get some get some well needed pine time. And you know, my suggestion was, hey, let's see what Bird can do on right field as well, so we can get Bird in the lineup more often, and Bel- we can add Beltron to that little that little mix, and and they they can have a you know a three a three man rotation. Where Bird can get some DH time, some first base time, some right field time, and then you get Bird as a practically an everyday guy whilst while resting your dudes. Look, I like it. Bird needs to be on there. He adds flexibility. It just makes makes too much sense. Absolutely. I mean, if again, I think I've said this before, but I'm organizing a riot if Bird is not on the opening day roster. Yep. Um, and uh, from Brotron88, we've gotten a few mailbags from him before. He says, trade to Sheriff for, for some much-needed pitching, put Bird at first, play A-Rod half as much as last season, and utilize a backup catcher to put McCann at DH when giving A-Rod those days off. Um, this is, so he's on the trade to Sheriff bandwagon, which I am definitely not on. You got one more year of t- one more year of Teixeira's contract, ride him out, get hopefully get another solid season out of him. Listen. We know what guys do when they're playing for a new contract. They put up numbers. So take advantage of that. And then say, Teixeira, thanks for your thanks for your seven years. Thanks for that World Series ring. But um, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll be seeing you on the visiting side of the dugout next time you come to Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I just don't see them trading that contract. I don't see them trading the player. Just doesn't seem like a a movable guy at this point. And what Tex did last year with the fact that he, you know, primarily stayed healthy. I mean, it was a it was a fluke injury. This was not one of those like normal Teixeira injuries. It was a fluke injury, and you know, I'm not going to really, I'm not going to say that hey, he's 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 not healthy because he was you know had a hamstring or or something along those lines. I mean, they got fouled the ball off of his leg, and he practically broke his leg or had the 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 bone bruise, whatever the hell it was. But he proved that he's still an effective player. He saved countless runs on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, he's a, he's a good teammate. So I want Tex on the team. I think he still can be productive. And I think a nice little timeshare with Tex and Bird uh, is a good thing for the New York Yankees. So I, I don't see them trading him. Plus, I don't think it's feasible for for them to trade that contract anyway. <clears throat> totally agree. All right. So this week's question of the week is kind of um... – not as specific as the last couple, but it's something I've sort of been kicking around in my head, and it's should the Yankees be in win-now mode? Um, and what I mean by that is should they be going after big-name free agents? Should they be trading um, to bring players onto the roster that can help you in 2016? 
Or should they sort of take the approach what I've seen over the last couple of years? And that is, you know, we're not going to trade any way, trade, trade any of our young prospects. And if our veterans perform great, but if they don't, you know, so be it. I guess we're going to be just competing for the playoffs and, and that's about it. Um, so I just want to get a take if fans are okay with that uh, approach for the Yankees. And what's your take on that? Why, do you, are you are you happy with this with this scenario if they are bringing their guys up and and they struggle for a year, maybe two years? So the the issue I have with the last couple of years in the Yankees is that they've kind of contradicted themselves, where they're not trading away young prospects for players, which I totally agree with, but then they go out and sign big name free agents like McCann and Ellsbury for long term contracts, and it, it just sort of doesn't all fit in my mind. Um, I think the Yankees should should sort of take the approach of let's see what our young players can do, and if we get performance out of our veterans plus them next year, then then that's great. But they should not be um, they should not be mortgaging the future for 2016 uh, success. On the reverse side of that, if these guys do not pan out, then one they're not they're no longer tradable or they're not not to the point where they were because you know if they don't pan out in the in the major league level then they're exposed at that point right so it is a gamble on the on the side of the yankees and but but at the same time it it speaks to the it speaks to the fact that they have the confidence in these guys that they are going to perform it seems like more so than ever they do because if you think about other big name um prospects in recent years like uh, Montero, right? Montero was going to be the next cornerstone of the Yankees' offense. He, maybe he wasn't going to be a catcher, but he was going to be a middle-of-the-order bat. They traded him away the first chance they got. So I don't see them doing that with this crop of players because they have more confidence in them. I think so, too. I, I agree with that. I think Montero was a player that they they there was there were a lot of hesitations. I think in the in the major in the Yankees organization about Montero, and they've all come to fruition. So. Great job on those. I mean, people need to think about what he has done and what he has not done uh, since he's been traded. I mean, the guy's been a train wreck. He really has. And while Pineda has been injured and been kind of Jekyll and Hyde, um, you know, there's there's still that. He's still playing on the major league level. He's still got a a boatload of potential still. I mean, he's still as much potential as he ever had, in my opinion. Um, But it was was a great move. While the, the confidence now... With a guy like Gary Sanchez, and I think that was that went into the Montero trade. Is that we have a guy Gary Sanchez who is a, a similar player in the sense that he's got offset offensive side of the ball. Um, he's got probably more of a uh, you know a, a, more of a career as a, as a catching prospect, um, at least in the field at some point. You know, made that decision a lot easier. So Gary Sanchez has been playing well. The rest of these guys have been playing well. They've all been improving as they've moved on. So. There's nothing to say that they're not going to keep doing that at this point. Yeah, so we want to get your guys' take out there. Uh, submit to the mailbag, uh, bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast, or you can call the voicemail, 646-480-0342. Again, should the Yankees be in win-now mode, or should they sort of take what they get next year as as gravy? Um, Scott, any last words for this week? Uh, everybody who calls in this week, uh, you're going to be thrown into a... Hat. I'm going to give away a t-shirt. One of you guys is going to win a Bronx Pinstripe t-shirt. Well, you can have your, your pick of the litter on our website. So definitely give us a call. Send in those uh, those voicemails. Again, the number is 
480-0342. Let's uh, let's hear the your voice, hear that beautiful voice on the on the podcast next week. Did you just think of that? Uh, yeah, why not? Right on the spot, love it, winging it. All right, guys. Uh, again, call that line, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.